Welcome to the What If Project podcast. I'm your co-host, Tracy. And I'm your co-host, Rain. We are two lifelong friends and work from home moms who are chasing after our passions, creating a more balanced and sustainable lifestyle, building a business together and sharing the journey with you. It is our pleasure to offer you a seat at the table for episode 16 as we begin week one of our decluttering module. Today is Sunday, February 13th, and this podcast will drop on Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. So grab a cup of coffee while asking yourself if you really need all of those coffee mugs and hang Mm -hmm. out with us as we step into our decluttering challenge. Tracy, you are not going after my coffee mug collection, are you? Because now I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. I was really talking to myself. (laughs) Actually, it was probably my child talking to me the other day who said, Mom, do you really need all Mm -hmm. of these mugs? And to which the answer is no, Mm -hmm. but I do really like them. No, I know. So if mugs were the only problem... Okay, so the problem with decluttering is that it implies there is clutter to begin with. Mm -hmm. Rain, I have to ask you a personal question is, do you have clutter in your life? (laughs) Me? Clutter? As I look around at all these stacks of crap, I don't think I have clutter, Tracy. Why? How do you define clutter? Piles, piles everywhere is piles. Yes. (laughs) And you know what? I have very specific categories that for me are problematic. Some things I could throw away and I have no remorse or give away. Like it, it doesn't matter. But there are certain elements that come into my house that I really struggle with. And then my family all have the same tendencies. So just between the four of us, it can get pretty out of hand and pretty quickly. I, I hear you. I, I hear you loud and, and clear. And in my house, you add on top of that people who just don't really care. Like, it's totally fine. I will be more than happy to step over that pile of whatever and never pay attention to it. They're more than willing to continue to do that as long as you don't ask them to take care of it or move it. Mm-hmm. The next thing I'd like to say is, why do you feel like you may need to declutter. So I guess the question is, do you feel like there is decluttering that needs to happen in your life? Yes. For me personally, absolutely. I do. And me a thousand percent. Yes. Thus the decluttering module. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Why do you personally feel like you need or want to declutter? So for me, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I am at home all day, every day, pretty much because I work out of my house. And so when there's a lot of clutter, I feel like part of the solution for the other people who live with me is that they escape it. (laughs) And so they come home and they're only subjected to it here and there. So it's easier to ignore, whereas I feel completely overwhelmed by it and surrounded by it. And it's inescapable for me. So just for my sort of sanity and it's oppressive it feels like it's like overshadowing everything so for me that's one thing is just to clear and make the energy in the house flow better and just lighter and brighter and airier but the second thing is i feel like i actually am a lot more wasteful when i have clutter because either i don't know what i have and so i go and i get more stuff or I just, I know that I've got it, but I'm just so uninterested in trying to find where it is that I've stashed it, that I go out and get more of it. So I would like to become more efficient in the way that I'm spending my money and my resources, therefore. So those are, I think, the two big things for me. Oh, that I love the efficiency. That's such a good point and idea. 
So for me, I'm very much in the the same as your number one. I can't think straight. It's like all of this stuff is weighing around me and it's another open tab, right? I think I've used that analogy before. Like I have all these tabs open all the time in my brain. So my brain gets cluttered and then I can't think straight. I have trouble focusing Mm -hmm. on things. And so when my environment is neat and tidy and minimized, and decluttered, then I feel like my brain works better. My my energy is better. Like those tabs are closed because they're already dealt with. And then I think for me, the second thing would be that as much as I, I love my spaces to be decluttered and then organized, not organized clutter. I want de- decluttered organization. Mm-hmm. But I also, because I also really want to and hold a very high value on living a more zero waste lifestyle mm-hmm. is that lifestyle oftentimes lends itself to collecting things because you don't want to waste things mm-hmm. and that's where you end up saving toilet paper rolls because those toilet paper rolls instead of just throwing them in the trash or even the recycle bin you could reuse them for starting seeds or some kind of craft project That's a big one for me is trying to figure that out is how to be a really good responsible citizen in that area, but then at the same time serving myself well and my space. All right. And then I have another question. I have lots of questions today. So this question (laughs) is, why is decluttering our personal spaces, meaning at your household and my household, Mm -hmm. important for the what if project? So for me, just that mental clarity, right? Because I feel like if I am organized and calm externally, it like frees up some of that kind of creative juice for me because I'm not panicking or being anxious and worried about these other things. So for me, it just, I think it will really help the whole thinking and then not feeling like I have other obligations and responsibilities that I'm ignoring while working on this business. And if I'm living in a mess, then I feel like, oh my gosh, really, I should be taking care of this thing over here. You said it perfectly. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) You get bonus points. All right. I do love my bonus points. All right. So speaking of points, we're going to play a game. So I don't know how the point system works. Uh, It's a little (laughs) bit like truth or dare, except I don't have very many dare questions unless you just absolutely refuse to give us the truth. So maybe it's like the, we think we should come up with a fun name of it. The cop, like spotlight, like in your face. Tell me the truth. Oh, I don't, I'm afraid. Tell me the truth. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. All right. Now now I want to go watch a few good men. Question number one of our truth game. What Mm -hmm. area of your house is the most embarrassing? Oh, dear. I have been, I I will tell you. Yeah, so I have been really, it used to be my entire house. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not a person who encourages other people to come visit me generally anyway. But anyway, so now I would say it's probably my laundry room it really is because it's just it's just completely stacked literally wall like floor to ceiling both walls with just stuff i don't even know what's in there but if there was a room that i would be like no please don't go in there it would be my laundry room gotcha i would actually at this moment in time probably say like my living room and dining room which are connected i have so many projects going on and i'm really excited about getting on top of some of those things and having systems in place that will help 
mitigate mm-hmm. that as we look through like the like why is this hot spot a problem and what can I do to keep it from being a problem those are things I'm excited about but today I would say I wouldn't want to even be coming in my living room and dining room it's a it's a little bit of a hot mess but messy is different than cluttered right sometimes right now probably my bedroom is a mess because I've got laundry and stuff and all that going, but that will be, that'll be folded and put away by the end of the day. I wouldn't necessarily want anybody parading through there right now, (laughs) but if they did, I wouldn't feel like it would be like, oh yeah, this is a real issue. I would feel like people would be like, oh, you just live here. So that's okay. Yeah. No, mine is beyond that. For example, I have this beautiful hand-turned bowl and that sits Mm -hmm. on my ottoman and it might have like seasonal stuff in it, or maybe we'll put the remotes in there. And right now it's full of stuff. Like, I don't even know. And and it's so full, like it's like the the sheets of paper and magazines are like sliding off and onto the floor on a regular (laughs) basis. And and the basket that's dedicated for like the magazines and it's not supposed to be full. Like when it's full, that should be the indication that it needs to be decluttered and it's like Mm -hmm. overflowing. And then I have a, a space where I resell some stuff. And so that is like, thrown up in there a little bit and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things that there's just been a lot of neglect and haven't quite established a system now that I've brought this kind of new thing on board with the the resale so I'm like oh I've got to I got to figure all that out gotcha okay so next truth question if you should decide to answer Mm -hmm. share with us your all-time clutter super low like the time that was the lowest of the low in the clutter realm. Oh, gosh. I honestly, you know what, Tracy, I have struggled with clutter so much in my life. There is a a particular instance that stands out for me. It was many years ago, but it was since I've been married. It's since we lived in the house that we're in now. And we had gone to pick up a pizza from Big Apple and we were coming down the street and a friend of ours, he's a police officer. We had passed him maybe in the parking lot or something. And he said, oh, you got a pizza? And without me even thinking, I was like, you should come by and have a slice. And he was like, oh, okay, I will. I made the offer thinking he'll never come. And he totally called my bluff. And so he followed us to our house. And Will was like, what are we going to do? Because my house, it really was, it was such a mess. It was just like, and it wasn't that lived in mess. It was like, we have not paid attention to our stuff in so long that we are like borderline hoarding at this point. And so like he gets to the house and I had run inside, like I wouldn't let him in because it was so like horrible. And so Will's outside and it was just such a really uncomfortable thing. And so I give him a slice of pizza through the window now of his vehicle and like we send him on his way. Wow, that was awful. That I would say was probably my low. Wow, yeah, that's... That's pretty bad. It was really bad. It's bad. It's bad enough, Tracy. I still think about it. It's something that still will like percolate through my brain every once in a while. But yeah, it was, it was, we're still friends. So that's good. He's still a police officer. We're still friends. Well, hopefully it percolates as the never will I ever let this happen again. Yes. Like this will remain the low. For sure. So for mine would have been several years or not as long ago and we have this room in our house that was an addition and it's where our laundry room but it's always been the multi-purpose room so it's been a homeschool room it's been my office it's been our craft room and at one point in time i had a resale booth similar to what i have right now and just getting back into and i had collected so much stuff 
it was definitely like hoarder level. Mm -hmm. There was a pathway stacked in some places like up to the ceiling. And it was so bad rain. At the time I had a minivan and we weren't using the minivan. So the minivan literally became like my storage unit Mm -hmm. where what wouldn't fit in the, we call this area, the back room, it's the laundry room slash right now it's my office. And so what wouldn't fit there, I was storing in the minivan. And Mm -hmm. it was just, it was the place where good intentions went to die. Like, I'm not (laughs) exaggerating. Like, I could see, oh, this piece of broken wood would be great to use for A, B, C, or D, but A, B, C, or D never happened. And and I just collected more things, thinking Mm -hmm. that one day they might would happen. And it got really out of hand. And it took me a lot of effort to get it completely cleaned out and purged and gone from our lives because I really monopolized a really big space in our very small home. So that was my all time super low and have the pictures to prove it. You and I have spoken privately and I'm not I'm not super public about this conversation, but it's also not a secret, which is I grew up in a home that was very like if we want to talk about hoarding, that was legit. My whole entire house as a young person was like you couldn't even open the front door to our house because there was so much stuff. There was a path in the hallway because the hallway was so cluttered with like clothes and shoes and books and just trash really there was a lot of trash involved you just had a pathway you could get to the bed you could get to the commode you could get to the back door wherever it was that you were going and so clutter actually for me i have and i have a very intense anxiety about it so once it gets to a certain point i really like my my the the way that my emotions are tied up in it are not they're very dysfunctional and and the other part of that is then i did not come up with a system of this is how you this is how you select what stays what goes none of that cleaning all of those things are skills that i really have had to teach myself and learn through years of just being an adult and coexisting in a house with a man who did grow up <laughs> in a house where like his mom, you know, knew how to do those things. Almost polar opposite. My, mm-hmm. my mom was a stay at home mom. Hey, Mary Sue. No, she was Hi, home Mary Sue. for the majority of our childhood and meaning she didn't work outside the home and we were a military family. And so we moved every three to four years consistently and a byproduct of that is you didn't accumulate a lot of stuff because you only got to take so much stuff with you for free. <laughs> like you, you only had so many pounds that you were allowed to take with you to the next duty station and you just didn't collect a bunch of stuff. My mom didn't have boxes and boxes of our baby clothes and memorabilia and all of all the things. And at the minimal, you purged every three to four years because Uncle Sam was telling you to move across the country. She did a really good job of keeping us minimized. And because she was at home and she was very good at, at having a very well put together, clean home, we did chores and things like that. but. I don't remember clutter. All right. So last question of our truth or not dare, Mm -hmm. what area do you stay on top of the best? I would say when left to my own devices, my office area is generally pretty well picked up and my bedroom is usually actually generally pretty well picked up. 
I feel like I have more independent control over those spaces though. So the public areas of my house are the ones that actually are more challenging because everyone lives there. And I'm like, I, I subscribe to the idea that we're actually, we all do live here. So as far as my house, I think that the place that I stay on top of the best is like the bathroom, closet, medicine cabinet area. We've really pared down. It doesn't mean that my linen closet doesn't need a good declutter, mm -hmm. but it's the area inside my home that I keep my finger on the best. Mm -hmm. Which is not not saying much, but it's a small bathroom and I do try to keep it cleaned up and decluttered. All right, so let's take a few minutes that we have left and let's talk about the cost of clutter and then work our way through what this module is actually going to look like. Okay. So to me, clutter really costs a lot. I know a lot of people struggle with purging and getting rid of things because most of the time those are objects that they have made an investment in at some point in time. So let's mm -hmm. say it's a crock pot or an extra set of towels. Like you, you bought those or they were a gift. And it's hard either because of the investment or because it was a gift and there's an emotional attachment to let go of those things and that's where people end up holding on to a lot of things. And I'm sure there's lots of other reasons, but it costs something. And for someone like Rain and I, who live in a pretty small square footage, my house is about 1100 square feet. And I think Rain, you told me yours is like 16 or 1800. It's about 17, yep, right in the middle. 1700, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm relatively small for families of four mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of American lifestyle. So when you start adding a bunch of clutter, it really does cost you because it's literally costing you square footage, like every square foot counts. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not a tiny house, but it is a small house. And so you give up that square footage to that item that you aren't necessarily using or using enough to justify having it. And so to me, it costs that. And we've already talked about like the cost of of the mental strain of it cluttering up your life, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And so there's this real cost analysis that has to be done of the value of holding on to something versus the value of letting it go. I have a pile of stuff that needs to be mended right now. And I, it's literally been sitting there for months and I haven't mended anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's, it's taken up my space so much that my makeup bag is falling off of the little table it's on because there's not room for my makeup bag and like it's costing me something and what would it cost me to let go of it so do you have any thoughts or opinions on the cost of clutter i would say it definitely costs me some peace of mind which i think we've gone through pretty well but i think it also costs me that kind of enjoyable time with my family that I'm always looking for, because at least probably once a month, I spend at least probably one day of some weekend stomping around my house, like shouting about how nobody cares about what the house looks like except for me and, and just basically becoming like a beast of a human while ordering everybody around to get stuff done. And that's really not fun for anybody. I don't like to be that person. I feel confident speaking on behalf of the three people who live with me that they also are not big fans of it. So I, I would say just that relationship cost it, it, that doesn't have anything to do with the way that it the clutter comes about, which I think there is a relationship cost there too, uh, especially depending on where the clutter is in your home. But I think just like the nature of it getting to the point where it becomes the kind of problem that like it needs an urgent solution. 
Gotcha. And in the past, when you have taken the steps of decluttering, do you have an outlet for where those things go when they're leaving your home? And is your family always on board with that? It depends. My husband does joke that if stuff is not nailed down, I will throw it away because that is just, I will. Like, I'm just like, nope, I don't need it. I don't want it. Just get it out of here. Just go. And again, that's probably like part of that like dysfunctional response to the emotion of the clutter that I still am challenged by. So most of the time I do try to donate. Like most of the time, and I'm not one of those people that I'm just like, oh, if I don't need it, it's going to the donation place. I am very like conscientious. Like I'm not giving away trashy shoes or clothes with holes in them or something like I do I do select those things out and if it's really actually a damaged or trashy piece it goes in the trash and then otherwise it goes to a salvation place which the costs associated there are insane between trash heaps and the the insane issues that our country is having and our planet is having with just like global waste and the kind of donation centers becoming dumping grounds and all of that. Those are massive conversations that you and I get into on a personal side pretty frequently. Gotcha. I used to be really good at, at reselling like on Facebook Marketplace or these like yard sale sites. However, I just don't have the time to manage that. Answering the questions and scheduling a pickup and all of that. I do have a local church thrift store that I love to shop at and I really love their ethos and to do donate there regularly. And I'm with you. I don't not interested in taking them my trash. The trash is for mm-hmm. the trash can. But then that does open up, like you said, a whole nother question about the environmental impact on how do we get rid of our crap that we don't mm-hmm. need? And the best answer is don't generate the crap to begin with, right. obviously. So I think that's that's probably part two of our conversation. And mm-hmm. it is a part of what we'll look at moving forward over the next two weeks. For this challenge, I really wanted to make sure that we were bringing it to you from a fresh approach of A, how is this going to serve Joy? And if you're not familiar with who Joy is, Joy is our new brand persona. We've really spent a lot of time drilling down on exactly who that is and why she's following along with us at the What If Project. And we really want to serve her well. And we're also serving ourselves in the process. We want a system over the next two weeks that's going to do that. And so it is a limited amount of time that we're going to be paying specific attention to decluttering. Not that we won't ever come back to it in the future, because I promise we will. But I think what I can do, and I think what Joy could do and be encouraged, and what you and I can both do, is I think we could both take and say, okay, here are 14 areas of my home for the 14 days we're going to be in this module. And I want to work on those. But those 14 things are very specific. So one of those things is not going to be kitchen. But basically, one of the items on your list should not take more than like 30 minutes. And then that way, it's something reasonable that can fit into our already full day. So we're going to consider that a rule or a parameter for this challenge. How does that sound or feel to you? That sounds reasonable. I feel like that's doable, totally. The other thing that I had a question about and wanted to talk about on here on the podcast is the rules that you might follow to determine if something stays or go. Should I stay or should I go? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Like when you are in the decluttering process, because I know you have been through this process before and you recently did that over the holidays, you took some time off work and really worked through some areas at home. 
So what, like, what are your kind of boundaries and rules for what pile does this thing go in? Okay. Yes. So we specifically focused on like our clothing and my whole family, I made my whole family do that. So we actually donated five 55 gallon bags of clothes between the four of us. And so if I'm looking at something like clothing, I'm looking at if it's ripped or stained or something that just goes straight into the trash or to the rag pile. But if it's in good shape, I look at it and I think, have I actually worn this recently? Does it really feel good? If I put it on, do I take it right back off? Because I do have clothes that I think I love that I try to wear, but they just don't feel well or they don't feel great. So I will I was very critical this time, which is why so much went out. If I'm looking at my medicines or food, obviously, if something is expired, if you can tell that it's just if a can is dented up or bulging, like that's a danger sign, throw that away. For me, my objects that I struggle with, I struggle very much with books and magazines, and I struggle very much with like games. And for some insane reason we seem to have a massive blanket problem at my house like I I probably have 82 blankets and I really honestly don't even think that is an exaggeration as part of this I think I may go around my house and just collect blankets and force my family to like stare at them because they're so like those sorts of things and but a lot of those are actually have emotional attachment my mother-in-law she's an amazing quilter so for me I so I'm a handmade from the heart gift kind of person those I physically cannot get rid of those. Gotcha. I think I have a very similar process as does my family. The times that we have especially worked on these things together as a family. I know one of the things that has been helpful, especially when the kids were little, but it's worked for me as well as is let's say, for example, the mugs. We talked about that at the top of the hour, like right. <laughs> the mugs. I have a radon mm-hmm. mug problem and I actually have less now than I used to. I used to have a tree, a, a mug tree. And mm-hmm. I was allowed to keep ever how many would fit on the tree. And mm-hmm. I don't have that anymore. I actually moved them to the cabinet when we uh, remodeled. And so I don't really have that rule to follow anymore. But the, they're stacked. And so I literally just always take the one that's in the front now. And so typically I use like the same three. But let's say the mugs and you lay them all out and there's 12. And you're like, this is ridiculous to have 12 mugs. And, and I'm the only one who drinks out of them. I'm literally the only one. And okay, so if I had to pick half and split the pile in half and then, okay, then I'm, I can let that half go and then, then decide, do I pare down the, the keep half more or am I okay with that? So that kind of philosophy has worked really well in our house of just, okay, to get rid of 25% or 50% or just make two separate piles. And that has worked really well in other ways, all of the same things as far as does it fit? Does it feel good? Do you love it? Does it make you feel happy? Would you buy it again? Those kinds of things. Have I used it in the last six months or years, depending on what it is? And I think that's going to be a big one for me this time is, you know, have I actually used this thing in the way that it was att- intended to be used? You know, if I'm holding on to it for some reason, is it been sitting there with that good intention? If it's been more than six months, then let's just say it's probably not going to get done and let's just call it a day. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like I'm going to be pretty strict on some ru- my own rules. And that's part of our worksheet that I created is I really was hoping that we could spend some time on the rules or boundaries about those things of exactly what you're going to do. So your yours may be different than mine, but be very mm-hmm. clear with myself like this. This is the rule for this kind of items or this kind of thing. And, and that way, 
when it gets time, it's in my hand, I know where it goes instead mm-hmm. of sitting there and pondering it for days. And let's okay, so next, let me ask you this. How do you feel about before and after photos? And not I'm of okay. the weight, not of the weight loss variety. Yeah, no, I'm okay with before and after photos. I think they're pretty like motivational. Yeah, I I'm on board with it. Let's do it. Okay, so I would like to suggest that as well. I think that some before and after photos working through our our week, it's personally inspiring. So I think before and after photos will be great to share on our social media. I do think maybe we could try to at least once or twice or numerous times throughout the challenge is to do a time lapse video or something of those kind of watch me work sort of video. So I have a question for you, which is you in the beginning, you said something about it, and I feel like you might have said it again, which is you have a couple of times said stuff like, I want to declutter, I don't just want organized clutter. So what do you mean specifically like that? And like, what are your standards in that respect? So let's say the magazine basket that I alluded to earlier that is currently overflowing, mm-hmm. and now has overflowed mm-hmm. onto the ottoman into my beautiful bowl. Mm-hmm. Like I have a designated area for those kinds of things that I mm-hmm. I want to have a few magazines around. I have some really great like herbal magazines and Mother Earth that kind of things, and I don't want to get rid of them. And so I have a space that's dedicated to ho- to host that for me. Like, I don't want to have clutter that needs to be organized constantly. I'd rather have less stuff than therefore the organization really doesn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. There's a dedicated space for certain things. When that space is full, then that should be the indication that like there's a problem and there's some purging that needs to happen. Or what I should have done with the magazine basket is once it started getting towards the top, I should have stopped right then and there and say, whoops, okay, this needs a quick, like literally five minutes is all it would have taken, maybe even less. And I just didn't do it. I didn't take the five minutes to do it. Gotcha. And I don't want that. I don't want baskets and baskets full of stuff just to have baskets. Yeah, no, I I totally understand. Yeah. All right, and then we already talked about having a place, like a place where our stuff is going to go once it's ready to leave our house. And so I feel good about that. I did wanna throw it out there that I would like us to track as far as I I did do this on this day and I consider it a, a plus or minus and give it a weight. And maybe the, your, the picture of the either discard pile or donate pile will speak for itself as well. And so I think that'll be part of kind of our tracking our progress. So I do want us to do that. And then the last thing is create a plan moving forward. So as we move forward through the next two weeks, just really making a conscious mindset of what can I do moving forward into the future to keep this problem from happening again and jotting down some notes about that so that when we move on from this module that instead of me allowing the magazine basket to get right back to the way it was is say you know what Tracy if you just would have dealt with this when it got full we wouldn't be in this situation right now so that's going to be like part of my plan moving forward if I put in a magazine it's going to make a door it might slide out that's my clue or if I have this pile of stuff that needs to be mended if two Mondays go by and I haven't done a mend it Monday bye-bye the pile has got to go so just creating systems and a way to manage that whole like one in one out rule like of what you're going to do to actually carry this into the future how does that sound 
Yeah, I think that sounds good. I like the idea of deliberately as part of the process, taking the time to consider not only how did I get myself into this in the first place, also how am I going to prevent it from happening again? And and I do want to say something really quick, Tracy, which is just for anybody, and I'm saying this for myself as much as anything else, but I do have a tendency to spiral into some kind of negative self-talk when I get myself going on tasks like this. And I think to myself, what you just said, oh, Tracy, how did, if you would have just done this in the first place, but my voice, when I say it to myself is much more critical and like scolding. And so I I feel like what I really need to protect or, or be conscious about so that I can protect myself from doing that to myself, which is I need to be really careful as I go through these things and just be really kind and say, okay, life has been life and this is where we are. You know, progress, not perfection. That's one of the things that we have been really trying to keep at the forefront of our mind for what if generally. So I think I'm going to need to be really careful about that for myself personally. And I would recommend anybody who is also getting involved with, with us is to just be kind to yourself, be loving to yourself, be gracious to yourself and be careful Uh, with your self-talk because this is just the ebb and flow of life and these things the way that we live our life and all of those things they do tend to culminate sometimes but it's not something that's wrong with you or bad about you it's just we need better systems and we need to be more active in those systems in order to keep our spaces less cluttered for all of the reasons that we mentioned earlier are important to us oh my gosh all the yeses in fact, one of my radon mugs says, and you have one too, it says, be kind to your mind. Yeah. I mean, Jen has one. Yes. So does Jennifer. Yeah. I have had a, a lot of negative self-talk over the last week. So I'm really thankful that you shared that. Uh, I think I needed to hear that. And I think it's a wonderful reminder to everyone. Like it's, it's not about having a perfect home or perfect car, or perfect work environment or desk. It's about progress. It's about identifying like, you know what, this is not optimal. And so how can I work to make it more optimal <laughs> and serve my purposes so I can be chasing after my dreams and doing the things that I love, which is way better than organizing crap. Mm-hmm. And then I do want to say to you that we live in a society that if you decide to really conquer some of these areas and if you decide to move past decluttering into kind of like minimizing and and not continuing to participate in this really consumeristic society if you just say no to that or put some real intentionality behind that you are really living in a counterculture space our culture demands that we continuously consume and if you say no to that and you try to stop that pattern, you really are living counterculture, to which I applaud with a standing ovation. And I'm like, I'm coming too. I'm, 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 I'm running right beside you. And as busy work from home moms with professional careers, there are only so many hours in the day. And we've talked before about trading our dollars for hours. And then the little bit of hours that we have left end up being consumed by spending extra money because we're buying conveniences, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've, we've talked through that before. And unfortunately, part of that is it's just way easier and more convenient to shove something in a closet and, and, or just go buy the thing instead of looking to see, do I already have it? Or can I make something else work? Because you, what you're short on is time. And so that's 
such a huge motivation for rain and I is we don't want to live in that space anymore. It is not fulfilling us as individuals. It is not having us lead the kind of life that we're interested in leading and or living and the way we'd like to participate with the, those that we care about the most. And so this is a huge motivator for us to do something simple like declutter. We would love to have any of you join us on the journey, whether it's now in February or it's next year in December, it doesn't matter. We hope that the, the content that we're giving you is, is evergreen enough that you can jump in at any point in time, find value in what we're saying, the conversations we're having, and so we decided that we're going to use hashtag what if I declutter for this module. So if you want to join in and join us now or in the future, and you want to post some stuff about what you're doing to declutter, use that hashtag. And our little group of people will use those hashtags. We're looking at making that a way that we can have group participation, whether it's while we're actively going through it or in the future. So I'm pretty excited about um, you guys joining us on the journey. Definitely. Yeah. All right. We have covered a whole lot of territory in the, in the time we've been together today. I didn't know we'd have so much to say about decluttering. I should have known. I should have known we would have a lot to say, but that kind of wraps it up for me. Anything else you'd like to talk about? I was just going to say, it doesn't surprise me at all that we had so much to do because this is really our first pure passion module. It's such a holistic goal of ours to incorporate this into our life and our lifestyle. It doesn't surprise me at all that we, <laughs> that we got going. I love it. We definitely never have a shortage of things to say. For sure. <laughs> and we must have a lot of experience with clutter to be able to talk about it. <laughs> <at length>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We are, we're professionals in the clutter department. Now we're going to try to become professionals in the declutter department. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it for this week. This has been a wonderful conversation. I'm really excited about this next module. It is definitely a passion module because it's part of us building what's next for the What If Project and for us personally. And we are super excited to have you join us on this adventure. We'll be back in a week to discuss not only how we're doing and how things are shaping up for the declutter module, but also what we've been doing on the back end as far as the business and anything on that side that we feel like we want to share with you. So until next time, have a wonderful, awesome week. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs>